weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They're waiting, waiting for you, now. Today, yes, sir, a hundred and three year old. <laughs> well, Satan, me and you better plan to spin these folks up a daily yarn tonight. <laughs> Douse all them lights. That's it. Make it nice and dark and cheerful when you hear our bedtime stories. <laughs> now. Draw it up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep. And soon you'll see the dining room of a fine old house in England. And there, on the evening of the 13th of May, begins our yarn about the devil's number. <laughs> the devil's number. Coffee and liqueurs in the East Room, Peters. You'll be more comfortable there. Yes, sir. Permit me to lead the way, Mrs. Oliver. Certainly. What a wonderfully huge place you have here, Mr. Rockwell. Harry, don't you wish that our home had so many rooms that we'd be compelled to designate them by points of the compass? I'm not sure that I do when I think of Mr. Rockwell's yearly cast for upkeep. <laughs> when my original ancestor built the place in 1512, another ancestor later enlarged it. They had a very poor regard for a 20th century descendant who'd have to bear its expense in depreciated currency. Here we are. Take this chair, Mrs. Oliver. Thank you. This house was built in 1512, you say? My, it's over 400 years ago. Yes, its lack of modern convenience has attest to that. You know, I'm offering you very poor hospitality in exchange for the jolly entertainment you afforded me at this time last year. Poor hospitality? After that dinner? Oh, anyone can feed his friends. You fed me in such a delightfully original manner. Original? Don't you remember? By a coincidence, today's day and date are precisely similar, except for the month. You were at my anti-superstition party. Yes, with 13 at table, and you compelled everyone to break a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and a spill saw. And to enter the dining room, I had to walk under a ladder. <laughs> of course you were at that mad affair. I shall never forget it. I've gone about knocking on wood ever since. <laughs> well, I'm only joking about being superstitious, of course. Although it's bred in my British bones. Oh, the coffee and the cure, sir. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, will there be something else now, Mr. Rockwell? Uh, not for the present. I'll ring at home, won't you? Uh, yes, sir. You know, it's a darn funny thing that we should visit your place for the first time on Friday the 13th, as you first visited us. The coincidence never occurred to me until you mentioned it. I thought of it when I drove you down from London. If we hadn't been detained in Liverpool, we'd have begun our visit yesterday, as we planned. <laughs> Perhaps the hoodoos I made you attempt last year arranged the coincidence. <laughs> I scarcely think the hoodoos will harm us after this long time. Well, perhaps we should light a bonfire to keep them at a distance. Light a bonfire? Yes. Evil spirits are afraid of fire. If you look out that window, you'll see several fires which my tenants have lighted for their protection. Your tenants? You mean modern English farmers believe seriously in your fortune of this day? Whether they believe seriously or not, they take no chances. Do you know the basis for its ill fame? Why? Because Friday was the day of crucifixion. Yes, when evil triumphed over good and the devil over God. Thirteen is the devil's number. 
because he was the chief of each convene of witches and wizards, which always numbered twelve in addition to himself. Now, you've been holding out on us, Bert. We never dreamed that you were an authority on folklore. Oh, dear me, I'm not. I'm the merest dabbler. But it is an interesting subject, don't you think? Most interesting, particularly for today. Would you like to see a concrete example of the 13th superstition? A concrete example? Yes. But first, you must assure me that you're not at all squeamish. <laughs> not I. Then come this way. Oh, Peters. Peters? Yes, sir. Fetch me a lamp or a lantern, will you? Yes, sir. Now, I'm taking you to the unused portion of the house. Uh, are you sure you won't mind looking at human bones, Mrs. Oliver? Human bones? Very old ones. They've been in the house for nearly three centuries. You keep bones in the house? Well, they belong to an ancestor of mine. He was such a wicked old chap, the church wouldn't permit his remains to be buried in consecrated grounds, so we had to find a resting place for them somewhere. Besides, he wanted them to be here. Here's a lantern, sir. Oh, thank you, Peters. You're, you're going to the old part, sir? That's where we're headed. Not to towards the north tower, sir. Yes, to the crypt of old Eric. Oh, please don't go in there, sir. Uh, not tonight, uh, Mr. Rockwell. <laughs> the old wizard starts any trouble, Peter. We'll shout and let uh, you know. But, Mr. Rockwell... Come along, you two, who want to learn about superstitions. Uh, Mr. Rockwell, wait. Wait. Take this. Oh, must I carry that prodigious weapon with me? You promised me you always will when you go in there, sir. Please. Oh, very well. I'll take it now. Come on, open the door. Yes, sir. It's pretty dark in here. Well, I'll leave the door open, sir, and stand here waiting, if you need me. All right, Peter. Your butler doesn't approve of this expedition, apparently. No, he doesn't like the North Tower and old Eric. Why did he insist you carry that huge revolver? Well, he always does when I visit the old part. He has it loaded with dum-dum bullets. Dum-dum? Yes, they're ordinary lead or steel-jacketed bullets crisscrossed with a knife across the nose to make them spread on impact. Someday I shall tell him that only silver bullets are of any use against ghosts. Ghosts? Or disciples of witchcraft. Now, what on earth are you taking us to see? Nearly some old bones. Uh, watch your step. The floor's on very sound in here. Rubbish to fall over. Now, you're working up to some sort of a practical joke leading us into this darkness. No, upon my word, I'm not. No, 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 really. Although I do owe your wife some retaliation for having made me walk under ladders and break mirrors. I've never been in such a spooky place. Nor I. These old halls beat any haunted castle I've ever read about in books. The shadows cast upon them by Mr. Rockwell's rubbing lantern are giving me the shivers. Me too. You're getting your revenge for Judith's superstition party, Bert. <laughs> but tell us about this ancestor of yours whose bones we're going to see. Uh, wait till we reach his resting place. Tell me more effective then. Ah, here we are. Uh, his remains are enclosed in that little iron chest. You're reaching that wall? Yes. I'll open his tiny coffin. Oh. Here, you see all that is still earthly of Eric Rockwell, my many times great-grandfather who was burnt at the stake by order of King James I. For witchcraft. Burnt at the stake? For witchcraft, yes. Members of the family bribed the official executioners and were allowed to reclaim these bones from the ashes. They sifted so diligently that only the bones of a single foot escaped their pious search. Otherwise, the skeleton of the old scoundrel lies intact within this iron box. Why do you keep him here? Well, I've already explained that the church refused to allocate hallowed ground for his remnants. That Eric's bones were not consumed together with his flesh, 
was considered extremely unfortunate at the time, for it was commonly believed that they would enable him to live again. People believe such rot as that? People still believe it. Oh, wait till you hear all the story. Gather round me, my children, and listen. The old gentleman whose skull and assorted bones lie before us in these pretty shadows had great supernatural power. According to incontestable records, he was born in the year of 1514. He was executed in 1623. When he was over a hundred years old. When he was a hundred and nine years old. But when he was led to the stake, he didn't look a day over forty. Bert, are you making all this up? Not a word of it. Oh, let's hear the rest of Eric's history. At his trial, it was proven that he'd murdered no less than eight young girls. He murdered? Yes. For their blood, which he used as ingredients for a rejuvenating elixir, which enabled him to defy old age. Well, that's crazy. I know it is, but according to the records, it worked. But how? Well, that the judges didn't learn. Uh, they learned he had lured young women to this house so that they might later become his victims, however. It seems he, in some way, managed to secure 13 drops of their blood, after which they became his slaves and did whatever he wished. 13 drops of blood? The devil's number. The number which makes people fear this day, even in a so-called enlightened age. After Eric had secured that small amount of blood, the girl would become his creature. Then he would drain her arteries at leisure in his laboratory, which still exists as he left it. As a matter of fact, the old villain was probably merely a first-class hypnotist with a wide sadistic streak. And he makes a good story of a Friday the 13th, doesn't he? Yes. But why do you keep his awful bones in your home? A matter of tradition. We Britons are governed always by that, you know. Uh, the old boy is said to have remarked before his death that if his bones weren't collected and kept in Rockwell Manor, and that if his laboratory and implements weren't preserved intact, that the house would be destroyed. The foolish believe that he had a purpose in that command, some idea of resurrecting himself from the dead. Bad story, isn't it? Yeah. Now close that ghastly chest and let's go back to where it's light. I'm for that. I brought you here for a ghostly thrill. I've given myself the shivers. Don't close the chest yet. Hold that lantern so I can look. Judith, I never knew before that you possessed a morbid streak. I didn't either. But those bones... That swimming skull, they fascinate me. You're bearing out the legend, Mrs. Oliver. Old Eric was noted for fascinating women. But I'll close the test now, if you don't mind. And we'll go back. Yes, dear. I'm ready for another glass of burnt brandy. Wait. Me, please. Let me close the chest. If you wish. Oh. Dear. What's wrong? Oh. I cut my finger on that rusty iron. Hey, hold that lantern here, Bert. Oh, I see your finger's bleeding. Hey, I'll bind it with my handkerchief. Don't bother. It's just a scratch. Good oh, Lord. What's the matter? Her blood has fallen on that skull. Why should that? Count those drops, Harry. I make 13. The devil's number. 13 drops of blood on the wizard's skull.
honestly, Harry, if we hadn't known Mr. Rockwell for so long as the steadiest sort of person, I'd think he's a little mad. Quiet, dear. His room's next to ours. He might hear you. He certainly became upset about that blood, didn't he? His face was whiter than a sheep when we came out of that darkness into the lighted hall. And so was his butler's when you heard what had happened. It was strange, though, that you should cut your finger and that just 13 drops of blood should fall upon those bones after what Bert had told us. Yes. There were just 13 drops. Exactly. I counted them. They all fell on top of the skull, and it absorbed the night blotting paper. Coincidence, wasn't it? Yes. If there was any superstition in my makeup, I'd have been more shaky about it than Bert. Why? <laughs> Would you think my blood could restore the old wizard to life? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why did you want to close that closet, Judith? I don't know. Just a mood, I guess. Well, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. All right. I'd better remove the handkerchief you bound around my finger and wash it thoroughly before I take off my dress. I don't want blood stains on this new gown. No, I'll put some iodine on that cut. Harry. Huh? This is funny. What? There's no blood on either my finger or the handkerchief. No? Yet the cut was bleeding profusely when you bound it. Let's see. Look. That is funny. The wound seems to have closed after... after those 13 drops. Evidently. Another coincidence, isn't it? The... Well, the cut's a tiny one. It's not remarkable that so little blood flowed from it. Harry, there's still another coincidence that I haven't mentioned to you. What do you mean? When... when I reached out to close the lid of that chest, it... it fell upon my hand before I touched it. Before you touched it? Yes, it... it seemed to leap at me. Now, look here, Judith. You're not letting Rockwell's story of that old sardist affect your good sense. You're not beginning to believe there's anything supernatural between this trifling accident? No, no, of course not. I'll take off my dress and we'll go to bed. We'd better. Bert's servants will be calling us for breakfast at seven. Look out this window. The farmers are still keeping their bonfires to drive the evil things away. Yeah, the idiot. For hundreds of years, they've believed the powers of hell are strong on this day of the devil's number. Dear, what's the matter with you? Oh, this huge spooky old house, I guess, and this old country. I'm being silly. Unhook my dress, dear. I should say you are being silly. Now hold still. What's that? What? Outside in the hall. Listen. Sounds like footsteps. Footsteps of a lame man. Yes. It stopped outside our door. Well, I wonder who... Well, I haven't seen any lame servants about the place. Now the steps are passing on. Oh, why should they have stopped here? I'm going to see. No, no. Don't open that door. Judith, let me go. Don't open that door. What's the matter with you? Those steps came from where we saw that chest of bones from which a foot is missing. Harry! Hey, Harry, let me in. Bert! Open the door. I'm going to talk to you quickly. Why, what's wrong? Did you hear footsteps in this hall? Yes. They stopped outside. This door. And then went on. I didn't imagine it, but I didn't. Oh, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong? They stopped outside this door, and then went on. I didn't imagine it, but I didn't. What's wrong with you? Wasn't it one of your servants out there? Anything with a single foot? Did it sound to you like a living human? No, no. No, it didn't. Have you both gone crazy? I think I have. For ever since your wife's blood fell on those ghastly bones, I'd be like a timid child in the dark. And since those footsteps came and went, I'm thinking terrifying. Sure. Don't call me a fool. That coward of man, I can't help it. I've got to see what is walking in this hall. Bert, come back here. He's running towards that tower. Your man's out of his mind. You've got to stop him. It was from there those footsteps came. Oh, the footsteps won't hurt him. But he's liable to fall through a hole in those rotten floors without a light. I'll get him. Harry, don't leave me. Nothing's going to hurt you. Call the servants. 
Tell him to bring lanterns. I'll never be able to find Burke in this infernal blackness. Burke! Burke! Yes, yes, I'll call. I'll call. Peter! Peter! Come here, please!
given me the means for my hands. Soon by her death, thou shalt give me back my life, old The candles are lighted. Bring forth yon earthen basin now, and the flask, the flask that lies beside it. Unstop the flask and pour its contents in the bowl. It's the holy oil of hell. <laughs> oil from fat of newborn faith. <laughs> I sit here. I sit here between the candles. Now, now from the cupboard, take yon teenage knife, and with it in my hand, recline upon the altar. Thou, thou art to be the sacrifice. <laughs> Why did my husband come? But he will be too late. Hey, the door's locked. Why one side there, Julie? I'm not. I now on the altar. I do as you command. I heard a voice. The cloud. The dead is in her too. The dead shall soon be alive. Warm blood shall enter his bones. And the flesh again. dumb bullets in that pistol were made by cutting a cross upon the notebook. A cross? Yes, a cross. The sign of heaven. We must get out of here. Arouse the servants. 
Those flames can't be stopped now. And soon this house will fall as old Eric prophesied.